What is going on, everybody? This is Candler English here with Training Ground Garage Talks. This is a space where we have open discussions about what it means to be a Christ-centered man in today's world. And we're so pumped to have you here with us. Let's dive in. What's going on, y'all? This is Candler English with TG Garage Talks, and I'm here with Mr. Lee Hollis. Hello. Um, so, yeah, Corey cannot be with us this week, but we're going to have him on next week. Um, and we kind of thought it would be a good idea just to, you know, kind of with this, just one-on-one time. Um, I don't know. I'm just kind of here to pick Lee's brain on in terms of um, just life lessons and where he's been and kind of, you know, he's been through... A lot of, or you've been through a lot of ministry, uh, you know, and a lot of different, a lot of different facets and worn a lot of different hats. Um, and yeah, we were even talking before we uh, started recording of just, um, yeah, of, of really the first time I heard your voice on uh, the first season of the podcast. And this was, I don't know, 2018, like I've said in previous episodes, but I... I vividly remember walking through Central Park and hearing uh, this very deep, <laughs> sultry voice uh, talk about trauma and um, and the importance of stepping into trauma instead of like bottling it down, which I think is so much of the often just like that's where we go with it. But um, too, yeah, I mean, we kind of talked a little bit about story, but I was just wondering, like, are there any highlights of maybe some victories as well as some like kind of low points that were really impactful in leading you on your journey and making you who you are today. Hmm. Does anything it, come to mind? Yeah. Well, I mean, as you said that I was thinking about, um, high points and low points. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of people along the way that really care about me, care about you, but haven't necessarily given the best advice yeah. along the, along the way. And some of that has come from just, you know, ignorance, but well-intentioned ignorance. Mm, You know, like I just, I remember um, as it relates to my story or the hard things that I've been through, people would quote the scripture, um, you know, forgetting uh, what is behind me and straining for what is ahead. And that's Paul, and he's talking, you know, he's talking really about his, his education and training and righteousness as it relates to being a rabbi before he accepted Christ. Mm-hmm. But in the context of my story and the hard things that I'd been through, people were using that to say, you know what, don't look at the past. Just get over it. Just yeah. get over it. Just keep straining forward. Yeah. And um, that was not helpful. Mm-hmm. In the long run, it wasn't helpful. It may have gotten through the short term, you know, just ignore it, just keep going yeah. kind of mentality. But... Uh, one, it's not what the scripture is talking about, you know. Yeah, so it's being out of completely out of context. <laughs> in fact, I would I would advocate that in some ways, it would that scripture um, would talk about like us forgetting the things that we think make up who we are, mm. and straining for what we really are. Yeah, you know. And I think Paul. I mean, that might be a little bit of a, of a stretch with that scripture, but it's not talking about forgetting about your past. Completely. It's talking about all the false religion, false righteousness things uh-huh. um, that that aren't helpful yeah. as, as it relates to Christ. Well, and I think, too, like when we dive into our past, we see 
who we, and this is one of the you know biggest kind of blessings for me coming through the program it was I was able to look into my past but not just to I think so many people can put that like oh you're just revisiting things you need things you need to move on um but to almost to move on that is the key because you see in situations when you're analyzing it with other people that have your best intentions and with new eyes you can see like oh this happened to me um i believed that this is who i was in right. that but it actually was just my perspective at the point and that actually so you can start to chisel away those lies and then like you were saying step into who we actually are it's like okay well if that wasn't true like what is true right and then that can lead you on that path yeah. it's such a fine line oh, you know sure. like there there is a <laughs> I'm, I'm working with a mentor right now now and he's like you have been traumatized by your trauma therapy mm, yeah. you know in the in the sense that at some point um, it's not helpful to tell the story anymore. Mm, and I don't, I don't know exactly where that line is, but I know for me personally, uh, I was re-traumatizing myself by telling my story over and over. Yeah. Where that happened exactly, not sure. Because there's a there's there's a time where like the whole idea of forgetting what's behind you, like don't look at your story. Yeah. I mean that was the thing. Don't look at your story. Don't look at your story. Just keep going. Just keep going. And, and for me, that meant that all the things that had happened to me that my body was carrying, mm-hmm. and I was beginning to see those things, you know, express themselves in, in illness or different things uh, associated with my skin. And then I, I came out to Colorado and got in the training ground community, and they were talking about story, and got to tell you a story, and, and got involved with counseling. And I was telling a story that I thought that I knew. Mm. But I really didn't know my own story. Like, like I think we've mentioned this before, but like as a kid, when mom and dad are messed up, like you change the rules in your head to make them good yeah. and what they do good. And in, in light of making that happen, something has to be bad. Yeah. And so for me as a child, I made me bad. Mm. And so the things that I was experiencing, I I must have deserved because I was a bad kid. Mm. Yeah. You know? Uh, and it wasn't until I moved out here to Colorado and, and got sat with a counselor over a long period of time that he helped me recognize that I'd been sexually abused by my mother. Mm. And as I would tell him stories, he'd be like, what? You know, and, yeah. and um, I'd really had to, I was really kind of taken back because I thought I knew the story. Uh-huh. But him questioning... Like really, that happened, and I'm like, well, yeah, and he's, and then his reflection upon that was just like, that's so wrong, you know, and I didn't recognize it, you yeah. know, and so there's an element in there that, yeah, telling your story and getting to know your story and all that was fantastic, and and at one point he told me that my mother was uh, nuts, like off her rocker, nuts and evil, and and when he told me that, like for ten minutes I couldn't talk. Like, he had so contradicted the story that I was telling myself mm-hmm. that, I, that I couldn't, like, my brain was just frozen, you know. Um, and retrospectively, it was the first time in my life that someone had said, here's the line. Yeah. On this side of the line is crazy, unhealthy woman. This side of the line, normal kid with normal desires and healthy desi- healthy desires. Yeah. But no one had ever done that before. Make that distinction. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean... 
and telling that story and telling, you know, talking about the trauma, it was very helpful, you know. Um, but then you get to the point where, like, I was, I was at more recently than I care to admit. It was the last year of just being like, um, is this all there is? You know, because I had all this trauma that I was still holding on to. And um, it, it took someone getting into my life and saying, like, you are traumatizing yourself every day by retelling this story. Yeah. Like, at some point, like, you know the details and you, you get a better picture of what happened. Um, but it doesn't, it, it became unhelpful mm-hmm. and unhealthy. Yeah. And like almost leading to the, like, what's next. And I think for everyone, probably like doing our story work in, um, training ground, like, yeah, it's, it, it is a fine line, but I feel like it's a line that's in different places for different people. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, where I like, yeah, I mean, I had a similar thing in the program where where I was telling the story, and I mean, you remember this, the first time I did, I was smiling the whole way, through. Yeah. because <laughs> I was so detached, I was so, like, not integrated right. with my emotions and the things that I had gone through, I was, like, just completely separated from it, um, and yeah, to hear y'all, or I think even you said, like, you were, like, something about my story, but you said, like, that is wrong, and that should never have happened. Right. Um, and for me, I was, yeah, I was almost in denial, mm-hmm. like a subconscious denial because I had normalized that pain. Not to say, you know, you need to kick the door down or call the person up and, you know, right. blow up. Right. But there was a while where I had to give myself permission to be angry. Right. Um, and, and for that to be okay, that righteous anger of being like, yeah, this sucked and this should never have happened and it's so important because until you realize what happened Mm. and the injustice of it Mm -hmm. uh or how it's affected you in a negative way it's like it's like you can't heal from cancer until you recognize that you have the cancer yeah like at some point you need to have surgery and chemotherapy and if you don't do that you'll never get better yeah and so it requires us to take a realistic look at our story and um, saying, okay, this is what's happened, and how do I get healing from that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, and, and two, I think, like you were saying when we first started talking, like, who you're around matters tremendously mm-hmm. in that. Like, I, you know, I went through a pretty, like we talked about a few episodes ago, like, pretty traumatic romantic relationship when I was in New York. And, um, you know, I had a lot of awesome people around me in North Carolina and my community, but... You know, it was only six months till after I broke up with this person. And, you know, my mentor at the time told me, essentially, you just need to get over it. Like, are you still talking about this person? Mm -hmm. And there's still stuff I recognize today. Like, I still, the the emotional weight of that trauma and even triggers are still there. Um, And, you know, I didn't really get to address a whole lot of it in the program. It was mostly like family of origin stuff. Um, but I know even coming up in the training for this next season, like that's something I need to really tackle, um, with you guys and the Lord of just like, let's look at this, let's unpack it so that I can move on through it. But, and what you're talking about as far as like, you're telling your story and smiling is like, there, there comes a point where you begin to integrate mm-hmm. the reality of what happened yeah. with your real emotions and being present to it. And I, um, I remember interviewing one guy, and something really traumatic had happened to him. 
as a 12 and 13 year old, but he was smiling the whole time. And I said, whoa, like, like your smile is incongruent with me telling you, or you telling me this traumatic story. And his response was, uh, well, I've done a lot of work. Mm. Well, I don't care. Yeah. Like, like. That doesn't justify you covering that. Right. Can you do enough work that when something really horrible and tragic happens that you can smile and joke about it? Yeah. I don't know. There's a a certain amount of weightiness to a situation. That should be there. That should be representative in how you're telling the story. Exactly. Yeah. Not like you should be broken up about it, but like, hey, this was a really serious thing. It, It made a tremendous impact on me, and it was sad, and, you know, I still miss this person or, you know, whatever. There's not like, oh, well, you know, I did, I've done a lot of work and it's just incongruent. Yeah. So, you know, like, I mean, what we're saying is uh, any place in your story where the emotion or the expression is incongruent with the story that you're telling, you, you know, there's an indicator that there might be some more work there. Yeah, completely. Well, and two, I think it also boils as something we talked about in the program fairly often, but is about honoring your story mm-hmm. um, and even honoring each other's stories. Like, we we didn't joke. I mean, pe- like, I would be much more quick to joke about my own story mm-hmm. than anyone else in the program. Like, that's sacred, holy ground. And I think, you know, whoever is going to be stepping into the program, um, that is that, like, as you join into that brotherhood, like, you're able to walk alongside these guys. And, like, even when, you know, somebody did something last summer that would, you know, just pissed me off, like, frankly, like, I was able to just have, like, the deepest honor and compassion for them from knowing their story and knowing that, like, now I get to play a role in that, mm-hmm. um, whatever that looks like. You know? Well, and and even as you say that, I, I know that you did that and other guys learned to do that out of a place of humility. Mm. Like, we know each other's stories. Yeah. We know where their wounds are. Mm-hmm. And to gently and humbly approach each other in our stories and in those moments, saying, this is what I see, this is what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I even had a moment where, like, I, not to drop names, but one of the guys, <laughs> like, I, I, I left something in their car, and the way that he responded, I could tell that he, you know, either people had left a bunch of, like, trash in his car, or, like, is even, like, small as that is, mm-hmm. I recognized in the moment and how he responded to me of leaving a coffee cup in his car, which was, like, right, he right. was freaking out, or, like, you know, um, it was... It didn't match what I had done, like, his response. And I was able to, like, confront him, but, yeah, from a loving place. And right. being like, bro, like, I don't know if you saw how you reacted, but I feel like there was something there beyond me just leaving yeah. the coffee cup. I forget what the story is, and I'll horribly misquote it at this point. But the, the, the general idea is, is that throughout life, events and people and whatever shoot arrows at you and they wound you. Mm. And unless we do the work of pulling those arrows out, anytime we get close to another person and they get close to where those arrows are still stuck in us, yeah. it causes us pain. Yeah. So, like, you're saying this situation with a car, like, and I think you were alluding to this, like, there was some point in this guy's life where someone took advantage of him or didn't appreciate his generosity or his car and leaving stuff in there wasn't representative of what necessarily what you were doing, mm-hmm. but but of that arrow yeah, or hurt. that wounding, yeah. and uh, he was reacting out of that. Yeah, 
Yeah, so I, I mean, it's just, it's so interesting when you start to get the language of this stuff, like, you're able to see in other people's lives, but also, like, you know, like, I even had an instance where I went home and someone said something to me over the break, like, fa in my family, and my reaction or my emotional response was not, it, di it didn't match the level of, like, the offense or whatever, and I was like, wait, why why am I freaking out right now? Like, what is going on? Um, what, did you actually say that in the moment? Or is no, that well, like I, inner I, dialogue? I stepped, I stepped back and then, you know, like I went into my room and then um, the person came up and was like, hey, I realized you were a little hurt. Yeah, and yeah. So then there was, you know, thankfully she did that because I didn't know how long I would probably just brood in my right. room or whatever. But, <laughs> and, um, but even that awareness, like sure. that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. 80% of the battle. Well, and a friend of mine will say if you can even narrate in the moment, mm. like if you if you have that kind of presence, like yeah. in the moment someone says something and you have this internal reaction like, whoa, like I am so sorry. Like right now, I don't know why I'm acting this way. Yeah. But if you'll just give me a moment, maybe I can help walk through this. and this, You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and just but externally process. Like in that yourself. moment. Yeah. You know? Yeah, being able to catch yourself, yeah. Because sometimes it's hard when you walk away and you leave those things undone. Mm -hmm. It's harder to re-enter. Yeah, Re-enter that. Yeah, it's almost better. I mean, and I've had those moments even with, you know, recently with relationships where I'm like, oh, okay, you know, I'm, uh, I'm freaking out. Like, let me... And thankfully, I've been around people um where i can I, there's there's that safe space to be able to okay let's like hash this out right now because i'm i'm having this emotion and i don't know why but sometimes you know that isn't the case sometimes the person will just oh well, shut up you know you're doing your yeah thing. yeah, yeah so. i think as you're talking like you had asked me um i forget exactly how you asked it but i was just thinking about trauma oh we were talking about like where does telling the story become negative yeah I th and I, as they're talking, I'm thinking, you know, part of it is identity. Yeah. It's like, like when you're telling your story and you get identification from the trauma, mm -hmm. then maybe you're telling it too, too many times. Yeah. Or, you're, you know, like if you're actually getting something of value or worth or significance, or you've taken an identity mm -hmm. from, you know, like for me to say that I was uh, sexually abused by my mother mm -hmm. and to take that as an identity. Mm -hmm. And then to use that identity to get compassion or care or something from other people, mm. that may be one of the lines where trauma and telling the story becomes negative. Yeah, or that bleeds over, yeah. I, I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of a better phrase for this, and forgive me, like, the only thing I can, uh, <laughs> I know it's, it's uh, man, it's memory masturbation. I don't yeah. know how else to say it. <laughs> you know, because like you bring up this memory and you get all these feels from it, and then uh, the people around you, uh, you it give yeah. you comfort and you feel at peace, whatever. And then the effect wears off, and then a little bit farther down the line, you got to tell the, the memory again. Yeah. And again, I know that's a crude, <laughs> but I don't know how. I mean, but it does say what needs to be said in the sense that you use your memories or you use the trauma. To get care or feeling or yeah. whatever, and from you're other... seeking a specific response, right? Instead of you know just saying like, yeah, I, th I think you're completely right. Like it's like, yeah, this terrible thing happened to me, but no, this terrible thing is me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right. I guess I guess when it becomes integral to who you are is an interesting right distinction to me. I had a good friend that 
just has been incredibly valuable in my life. And he's just like, what if, what if trauma is traffic that you've driven through? And in, in other words, like when you drive through the state of Monta- Montana or let's say Central Park, like you don't become Central Park. No. You know, I just, I've, I've, I went through Central Park and I'm on this side of it and I'm not Central Park. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's an incredible, yeah, a good analogy. Because, yeah, or, I mean, I, or you could use this, you know, I'm sure it could be easy in that place to say, okay, maybe I'm not Central Park, but I'm going to camp out in Central Park. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm, I'm going to live here in that place. Um, and then I think, you know, that's, that, and, and that can become in, you know, like that can be covered up by the guise of, oh, I'm just, I'm working on myself. Right. Um, where it can quickly turn into, I, I am this work that will never be healed. Right. So. Yeah. So give me all the accolades, accolades or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm thinking, like, what's the reverse of that? Mm-hmm. So, like, um, how can we tell if we need to tell more of our story? Yeah. You know. Um, well, I think that dis, disintegration um, where, you know, you where you either brush past, like that was something we talked about in the program, like when you brush past a super quick detail, like, like yeah, my father died. And then, like, whoa, just like, and you're like, wait, like, yeah, that, 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 like, yeah. why are you flying yeah. past that? Like, I can understand, like, yeah, I, like, got this degree. Like, okay, we'll move on. But, like, something is huge and weighty. Like, Brian Regan, the comedian, is talking about, like, uh, he'll t- he talks about this and, like, uh, like, the headline of a newspaper will be, like, they split the nuclear atom, which let, you know, and then they bombed the sovereign nation of Japan. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, whoa, whoa, like, yeah, like, what? <laughs> like, what happened in between, you, you know, like, A to B, exactly. yeah, so fast. Yeah. yeah, so I, yeah, exactly what you're saying, and my da- dad died, and, like, if you're, if you're skipping over something that significant, mm. whoa, like, yeah, as, a, as a friend listening to a story, you gotta be like, oh my gosh, like, that's, like, we've gotta go back. Yeah. Let's, like, yeah, take that chapter apart. Let's go page by page. And, you know, again, not to sit in it, but to, like, okay, like, there's some disintegration here. So. Well, let, let's get the value out of it that we can. Let's identify mm-hmm. if, it, if it's an offense or if it's, if it's a traumatic experience or whatever. Let's, let's see it for what it is. Yeah. Let's root it out. Let's eviscerate it. You know, you know get the poison out, get whatever. And then once it's cleared out, give it a chance to, to heal and, and to move on. Yeah, absolutely. So well, yeah, I mean that's we have a lot of great <laughs> <laughs> going around the bases of this thing. But um, yeah, well this has been Camder English and Lee Hollis. Hey guys, thanks for joining us. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us for TG Garage Talks. We are currently accepting applications for Training Ground Colorado 2022 and Training Ground Chattanooga 2022. Now guys, I cannot begin to tell you how life-changing Training Ground has been for me. So if anything we've talked about in this episode or in other episodes have stirred anything in your heart, um, please, man, look into coming out with us. It's going to be a blast and we can't wait to have you. You can find us at www.trainingground.com and you can also find us on Instagram at Training Ground Colorado as well as Training Ground Chattanooga. Well, until next time, guys, this has been Candler English with Training Ground Garage Talks.
See you soon.